the startup, grow up, and scale up journey. This is the Pain of Scale, the Notion Capital Podcast. I'm Paul. This is the Notion Capital Podcast, our Pain of Scale Series 5. And today, extraordinary people. It all starts with them. A players, people with purpose, with drive, with passion. Those game changers that surround us, lift us, and make us and our companies grow. So we actually had a very good discussion with Maddie. You remember, Stephen, yeah. with Maddie, Maddie, and you were Maddie Cross at Notion on episode P303. So Stephen, who do we have today to talk about this? We've got Hiroki Takeuchi, who's oh, the, nice. uh, the CEO and founder of GoCardless. And you nailed it in the intro there, Paul. You know, For any CEO, one of their most important challenges is to hire extraordinary people to join their senior leadership team. We call this Game Changers, and Maddie's done some, some really fascinating work, which looks at the quality and quantity of hiring at this level and really kind of sets a very high bar in terms of fundamental difference between the most successful tech companies and the rest is largely to do with the, the quality of the hiring into the senior leadership team. You know, and many founders really embrace that and they have that uncanny ability to attract extraordinary people. And it becomes a little bit of a, an addiction, I think. And in our portfolio, I think there's nobody else who embodies this better than Hiroki. You know, he's the founder and CEO of GoCardless. This is an extraordinarily well-regarded payments business helping thousands of companies around the world take recurring payments uh, using the direct debit infrastructure. And he's built a quite exceptional leadership team and, and organization. So Hiroki, thank you for joining us and welcome. No, thanks for having me. So let's just jump straight in. When and how did you realize the importance of hiring game changers onto your senior leadership team? Yeah, I think that, you know, we've been really lucky to work with some fantastic people at various points in the journey. And even from the very earliest days in the beginning of the company, you know, I've, I've always felt incredibly humbled, even wanted to be part of the journey that we've been on. We hired people that helped us to achieve things that we never thought would be possible on our own. And so the nature of the, the type of, I guess, what you call game changes that we've hired has evolved over the years. And, you know, what you need at the different stages of the journey obviously changes all of the time. But what has definitely been consistent is that the things that have enabled us to get to where we are today has been thanks to hiring some really fantastically talented people along the way. And, you know, the flavor of what game changing looks like differs at different stages of the company, right? So in the earlier stages, it's more about people that are the kind of the 10x engineers or the people that are doing the actual work that can do it far better than anyone else around them. Whereas as you scale, that changes a little bit. And those kind of people are just as important now as they ever have been. But you also need to start you know, finding people that can lead and you know, the more executive type talent that is really more focused on how do you scale things and build out teams that are able to deliver. And so the nature definitely changes. And I can think of multiple examples along the way where we've hired game changers and seen a, a massive change in trajectory in the business as a result. It's interesting that you paint out that kind of actually it's quite different as the business grows. But at each of those stages, when you realize that you've hired somebody extraordinary who is going to have a massive impact, how does that make you feel? It makes you feel very happy. <laughs> but I think, you know, one of the main kind of patterns that I've noticed when you hire these kinds of talent is that they make you feel uncomfortable. They are almost pushing you further than you think you can go yourself. And you almost feel like you need to 
at least as a founder going through this journey for the first time, you need to get yourself to the next level to keep up. That's the overarching feeling that I get whenever we've hired these sorts of people in the past is this sense of we're taking this to the next level now. And this is something that I didn't think I could do myself, but now I think we can. And I need to learn. I need to improve. I need to meet this new bar that this person is coming and setting. Matt Weller, the CEO of Muse, we were talking about a similar subject a few months ago. And he said, you know, you have to feel comfortable feeling uncomfortable. 100% by that. I'd never really thought about it, but I thought it was really nicely put. So what do you look, if you kind of categorize now in terms of when you're thinking about the team that you've got, and I know you've got incredibly ambitious plans for the business. What what do you look for in the people who join your senior team? So I guess at this stage, we're now about 400 people. We'll be scaling the team further over the coming years. So the kind of talent that you're looking for, the senior table is more around the kind of executive talent, right? So it's leaders that can build out large areas of the business. And so there's a number of things that I look for. And you know what I've seen from great executives that I've hired so far that really make them stand out. And so I've broken it down into five areas that I think about. So the first is what I think of as setting the framework. So, you know, one of the common challenges that any kind of leader in a scale-up faces is that you're dealing with quite abstract problems that are evolving all of the time. And in order to be able to solve those kind of problems, you need someone that can help everyone around them to break the problem down into digestible parts and then solve each one, right? And so that, that requires a way of thinking which is a bit more structured, a bit more of a kind of a framework that you need to deliver that kind of solution to very abstract problems. The second is generally speaking a bit more functional, right? So, you know, how effective are they getting their function to perform? And, you know, that obviously differs very much depending on the area of the business that you're talking about, right? Like having a high functioning product development team is very different from having a high functioning sales team. But you need that kind of functional performance as a basic kind of building block. And the third, which is probably really obvious, is the ability to build incredibly high performing teams, right? So, you know, attracting great talent, retaining them, developing them, and, you know, typically finding people that are the best at what they do, and oftentimes better than what that individual is capable of doing in that area on their own, right? That's always a common theme through all of this is, you know, in order to be able to really scale something and be effective, you need to hire people that are much better than you at whatever it is that they're doing. And so that team building element is super important. And then the last two are a bit more, I guess, softer skills that I think about. So the fourth is around judgment. You know, you're obviously trusting these people with large areas of your business and you need to be able to trust their judgment and the decisions that they make. And then the final one is the hunger. And you know, when you're in that kind of scale-up mode where you want to grow the business significantly, then it's not just about the status quo and operating the machine, so to speak. It's about building. And you need to have that kind of drive and hunger to you know, never be satisfied, I guess, and build something really much bigger than you think is possible. And that hunger is, is super key. I think that you know it's one of the things that I noticed is probably the biggest difference between the truly game-changing people that I've worked with and those more content with just what we have today, right? There's this sort of real hunger in them and dissatisfaction in where we are 
and wanting to improve, which I think is super important. That's really beautifully put as well. And I've often thought about that kind of desire, what's innate to people that wants them to just constantly progress. In all of those, I really like the third one, you know, that you want founders who are also leaders on your team when they're building their teams to be comfortable feeling uncomfortable because they've hired somebody who's exceptional to mm. a part of that business. And, you know, when I think about my team, you know, Maddie does that to me. It's like, oh my goodness, I'd not thought about this. You know, she knows so much more. And, and I think that's hugely empowering, isn't it? So how do you then constantly raise the bar? You know, because every time you hire somebody extraordinary, you go, wow, okay, I didn't realize that's what it really looked like. And now everybody's got to be as good or better than that. Is that where you think about it in terms of raising the bar every time you hire people? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that way of thinking is core, right? Because if you're not constantly raising the bar, then you're never going to build a stronger organization over time, right? So it's absolutely critical. And I think it goes back to that point about team building, right? And being comfortable hiring people that are more experienced, more capable, smarter than you are. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's when you start to lower the bar, right? And if you're lowering the bar, then that is a, a slippery slope. And so, you know, it's definitely really about feeling comfortable and being ambitious in the people that you hire, being the very, very best at what they do and far better than you at what they do and not feeling threatened by that, but actually seeing that as a, as a positive. Take a slightly different tack when you think about kind of Leadership team building and organizational building. How important is diversity in all its shapes and guises? You know, how people think, you know, their life experiences, their perspectives, their educational backgrounds, their mindsets, their ethnicity, their, their gender. Is that something you're very conscious about? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's something that I've become increasingly focused on and have realized the importance of more as we've gone through the journey. And that's just born out of experience. You know, when we were in the early days, we were a very undiverse group of people working on the business. We we're all young guys, all gone to the same universities, all worked in the same kind of companies. And we paid a price for that, right? You know, we had a way of thinking and a lack of open-mindedness to how we could solve problems which was great in some ways, in the sense that we could make decisions very quickly and we could do certain things very, very well. But there was also a lot of things that we didn't do so well. And so, for example, one of the ways in which I think we were very undiverse in the beginning was that we were all inexperienced, right? None of us had had experience scaling businesses as a result, didn't value that experience. And you know, I think that that cost us. We tried to reinvent the wheel too often. And as we've brought in people with more experience from different walks of life, that's something that we've definitely learned over time was actually, yes, it's important to reinvent the wheel in the core of your business, but you don't need to reinvent everything that's ever come before you to build something that's successful. And if anything, trying to reinvent everything that's come before you is probably going to slow you down, right? You know, is it really going to make a big difference to your customers if you reinvent the way in which management principles work in your company? Probably not, right? And so it's that kind of difference of perspective that we missed early on. And you know, I think that we are much stronger for it now. It's a really key part of what we look for, not just at the leadership level, but across the entire business is, is trying to encourage 
people from diverse backgrounds to feel comfortable doing the best work of their lives at the company. So Maddie has done some really interesting research, which we haven't released yet, that looks at the gender diversity on senior leadership teams. And it clearly demonstrates that the more women there are on the senior leadership team, the more likely women are to stay for longer. And the more women there are on the senior leadership team, the more likely there are to be women in the rest of the business. So it, it creates an environment which has, you know, we value extraordinary people and we value diversity of experience as well. And we're, we're living it by hiring people who embody those kind of characteristics. Do you see the ripple down effect that, gosh, that's an extraordinary hire, somebody with a very different background and perspective, and they're making a big difference. Do you see the ripple down of that into the rest of the business as well? For sure. You know, I think that at the end of the day, you, you just have to think of it in really simple terms, which is when you're hiring people into the team, you know, if I'm a potential candidate, do I want to come and work here, right? And, you know, obviously, if your team all look the same way and you don't look like that, then that's intimidating, right? And then we, we've definitely struggled with that at times, right? That takes something like engineering. You know, when we were first starting, I mean, every single engineer we hired, not not consciously, but just, you know, because that was how it ended up happening was that like they were all relatively young white guys. Right. And finding that first female engineer to come and join us, that's an intimidating ask for that candidate. Right. Because they're joining a team where they're the only female on the team. Right. And so, you know, we had to be very conscious through the journey, especially as we start to scale, to try and avoid that kind of imbalance and the longer and the bigger that you get with that kind of an imbalance the harder it is to solve and and I think that that also applies to the leadership team as well right if you have a leadership team where everyone looks the same then that's sending a signal to the the organization right whether it's conscious or not people will interpret that and so it doesn't surprise me at all that having more diversity at the leadership level enables you to build a more diverse team across the business. I think that is really important. For as long as I've known you, I've seen you on that journey to hire extraordinary people. And, you know, I describe that as a kind of game changer journey, if you like. But I'm just mm. wondering what surprised you the most? So what have you learned the most from that the journey you've been on? I'm not sure if it's what surprised me the most, but I think the main learning for me is the realization of how little you know at any given stage in the in the journey, right? <laughs> I look back on what I thought I knew, you know, two years ago or four years ago or even a year ago, and you think, wow, I really didn't know a lot then, and I've learned a lot since. And what I don't feel like I will be surprised about anymore, but I was definitely surprised by up to this point, is just how many people are out there that you can massively learn from and that, you know, think of things in completely different ways from what you think is possible that can drive really very different results to what you would achieve on your own. And so that's the, I guess, the opening of the mind that at least I've enjoyed through the journey so far. And maybe that's it. But what one piece of advice would you give to an early stage founder that just landed a big Series A investment from a, a tier one VC firm, they're considering their first big hire, what would you say to them? The main thing I'd say is don't be intimidated by hiring people that feel like they're going to do a much better job than you will. You know, I think there's a tendency maybe, and in hindsight, I definitely felt like we had this where you kind of think that hiring someone that's more experienced or more capable than you is in some ways an admission of your own inability to do things. And yes, that's true. 
but that's not a problem, right? And the benefit of the speed of learning and the impact that they can have on the business is so much greater than that discomfort that you feel in going through that and you know, realizing just how little you know that it's a worthwhile trade, so to speak. That's a great piece of advice. And it'll be interesting to maybe have the conversation in another couple of years and say, do you still feel actually that, wow, I thought I really understood and now I realize, gosh, I had so much more to learn. I feel less surprised by it now, though, because it, it's happened <laughs> yeah. so many times. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an exciting way to live your life. That's what keeps me energized. Exactly. Hiroki, that's been absolutely fantastic and really insightful. Your your responses have been so helpful and I think it'll be really impactful for other founders. So I, I really Great appreciate stuff. it. Thank you. Awesome. It's a pleasure as always. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Good stuff.